Welcome to the Youpreneur Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Straub. The Youpreneur Podcast is in partnership with Score Broward, which is a nonprofit that's been helping entrepreneurs and small business owners start, develop, and grow their businesses for more than 52 years. The Youpreneur Podcast and Score, we interview influential entrepreneurs and executives here in Florida about their success. We'll gain insight into their lives, the struggles they've faced, how they've overcame, and advice they can give to people that are starting a business or getting into their industry. So if you own a business in Florida or you're thinking about starting one, this podcast is for you. Good morning. I'm here with John Jay, Major League Baseball player, Hall of Fame for University of Miami, which I think just got inducted recently, right? Yeah, a couple years back. Uh, pretty cool. Nice. Uh, world champion. You were with the Cards in 2011 when they won the series. Uh, along with that, you hit a, what I look as a, a pretty impressive piece, 10 years in the league. Only 6% of the players hit that. Uh, so congratulations. I'm excited for uh, you sitting down with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me today, and I'm uh, excited to share my, some of my story. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, you also are a husband, uh, been married to, I think it was a college or high school sweetheart? Yeah, my, my college sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy for somebody who's in professional athletes for 10 years. Uh, and you have two uh, two twin daughters and uh, one on the way, right? Yeah, we have one on the way, yeah. Awesome, right. man. Congratulations. Seems Thank like you've been busy. Yeah, a little busy here and there, but uh, we make the time for it. First thing I ask it with regarding just any player, especially in the majors, I mean, you're paying 162 games, 180 days a year, and you've done that now for 10 years, which is an unbelievable feat. Talk to me a little bit about how you've been able to keep that longevity physically and mentally what do you think it is that you kind of got you to be able to last 10 years yeah i mean uh you know obviously i'm that product right now of you know having been 10 years in the big leagues and having gone to the minor leagues and all that but you know it starts uh it starts to childhood i think you know it starts with work ethic uh, i got to see my grandparents you know lay a great example for me they they migrated from cuba in, in the 60s and in light, you know, uh, to do better for the family. And I'm a byproduct of that. So I had a great example of home of work ethic. You know, I saw my grandfather get up every single morning, go to work and do everything he could to provide for his family. And I've kind of taken that same work ethic since I was a kid and applied it to, you know, school, sports, just, just my life in general. And that's something I started picking up when I was younger. So you got, you got a lot of people that have work ethic, but I mean, and even just to get to the majors, even if you just got up what, for a cup of coffee, even if you just got to hit the majors and uh, just even uh, get to play one game is a childhood dream for many people. But 10 years is nuts, dude, let alone just doing a whole season with 162 games in 180 days. How'd you keep your body in shape for those 10 years? Like, was there changes over those 10 years that you had to worry about physically just to be able to, to keep playing at that level? Let's just stick with the physical side first. And then I'd love to get into the mental side. But um, as, as you look at what kind of got you in the majors 10 years ago to as you evolve through that, have you had to change your uh, regimen on how you kind of stay in shape during that time? Yeah, I've definitely changed a lot, a lot of things. Uh, I, it started for me when I was a kid. You know, I started working out when I was in, a freshman in high school. I'd work out before school. And that's when I kind of started seeing the benefits of working out. You know, uh, I wasn't the fastest kid. I wasn't blessed with, you know, all the talent in the world, uh, especially growing up in South Florida where we had so many great prospects and, and high school players and, and just baseball in, in general. Yeah. So, um, you know, for me, that's, that's when it started was working out before school. And then I started seeing the differences and then always just trying to learn more and more. And then I got to go to the University of Miami. And before that, even at Columbus High School, you know, very competitive um, high school for sports, for baseball in general, and especially. And that's where I got to learn, uh, you know, all the lessons that helped me get to that 10 years, you know, uh, perseverance, uh, hard work. Uh, my freshman year, I made the freshman team, yeah. you know, where most guys are making JV or making varsity. 
And I had to sit back and say, okay, if I want to be on JV, if I want to be on varsity, what do I got to do? You know, I looked at myself realistically in the mirror and said, all right, I need to get faster. I need to train better. And that's where I kind of started that journey of, you know, self-evaluation and, and what do I need to get better every single day? And another thing for me is, is I was never really worried about results. I was always worried about the process. And that's something you'll hear me talk a lot about is, you know, if you worry about the process, the, the results will come. And a lot of times we worry about results. And, and that's why when you've asked me these questions, I like to take it back to, to that because yeah. that's what's really laid the foundation for all this. So for me to get to the 10 years, it's the same attitude I had when I was 14 years old where I made, the, I didn't make a team as a freshman and sophomore I made the varsity team. And then, you know, you start off as a bench player, then you start playing a little bit more, you get a little bit of taste of that. And then I, I got to start as a junior, did pretty well. Yeah. And then the next goal is, all right, let me get a college scholarship. So I was able to do that and go to UN. And then it's just been step by step the, the same way. So to get to the time I'm at right now with the 10 years in the big leagues, you know, it's just been a, a lot of, of that, a lot of self-evaluation, a lot of living in the moment and not getting caught up with uh, everything going on. So t- talk about that a little bit. So did you always have like your goal? Was it just a, the play for the U? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, I'm playing for the U. Maybe my goal should be trying to get to the minors. And then it just kind of inched forward a little bit every time. Or was it kind of in your mind when you were playing T-ball as a kid at five going, I want to be in the majors? I mean, did it kind of grow as an evolution of a dream of yours? Or did you always know that you wanted to be in the majors? It definitely grew as an evolution of mine. I, I think uh, it's something that's helped me get to this point now where yeah. I've always just lived in the moment, you know, day to day. And at that point, you know, like I said, in my freshman year, when I, I didn't make JV or varsity, my main goal was just to make JV the next year and, and to yeah. play. And I, I kind of took my step by step. But with all that in mind, as a kid, I always knew that I was going to be able to make an impact with something. Just the way uh, I enjoyed being around other kids and just the way I enjoyed, uh, you know, kind of organizing groups and, yeah. you know, being the guy to be like, oh, let's go play this or let's go do this. And kind of, you know, taking that that uh, almost like a leadership role as a, yeah. as, a, as a kid. So that just helped me, you know, translate as, as I went on. And, you know, it just really helped me, you know, continue to go to, to where I got to right now with this. Well, I think you bring up a good point. So I, I'm, I'm not, I don't like to script the movie, but there was a movie, I think it was Any Given Sunday, and it talked about a series of inches and you got to fight for one inch. And many people kind of get stuck on this big long-term vision of what they want instead of worrying about what they're going to do the next 10 minutes and trying to be really good in that moment for the next 10 minutes. And for the people that just continuously focus in on being very good at what they're doing right now and worrying about the short-term pieces to be as effective as they can be, those are the ones that tend up being, it's not saying you don't have a vision long-term and you don't have an idea of it, but 99% of your time is focused in on what are you doing in your workout right now? It's focused in on you, okay, I need to make sure that I'm put in the best position to get a starting position here on that side. And then opposed to, I'm going to hit 10 years in the league and that's my goal on that side. Where do you think that comes from? Because, I mean, Miami is glitz and glam. Everybody, you know, wants to be rich and it's a place that's built on materialism a lot of times. Yet you were kind of not focused in on that part. Does that come back to an upbringing? Does it come back to maybe some coaches in the past? Where do you think that comes from? Uh, it definitely comes up to, you know, first my upbringing yeah. and, uh, and then definitely coaches. You know, I always say I'm, I'm at this position now, but I didn't get here by myself. You know, there's been, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people in, in the Miami community, in the St. Louis community, just in different communities that have helped me at, at different times. And, you know, getting back to what we were talking about, my goals were, you know, as a kid, my only goal was to go to UM. Like, I wanted to go to UM. That was the biggest thing for me. I didn't dream about the major leagues. I didn't dream about anything else. So for me to actually go to UM and get a scholarship was almost like a 
like a relief. That was like, a, all right, I, I got this you far. Made it. <laughs> I made it. And I kind of always understood and I, I took to heart when people would say, and, and, you know, I say the same things these days. We're like, hey, not everyone's going to make it. Yeah. So I always kind of looked at myself as like, all right, now everyone's going to make it. What am I going to do if I don't make it? Yeah. So that's what helped me take school seriously. And it helped me. I remember being a senior at Columbus and, you know, I'd have friends tell me like, hey, why are you studying for this math test? You're going to, you know, you're going to UM already. I'm like, yeah. no, because I take pride in this. You know, I want to graduate with a 3.3 and I want to be able to, you know, not just slack off for a whole year. And I, I want to continue to learn and, and better myself. So that was something that, um, you know, like, and I think you said, said it best where, you know, putting myself in a position to succeed, to really succeed. It's like, you know, seeing the long-term vision on everything instead of being short-minded. And I think that's something that, you know, growing up in Miami, it, it's a fast pace and, you know, you want to see results right away. You want to see the cars. You want to see just all these different things. And, you know, I had great people around me, my family, just saying, hey, just stay, stay in your lane, stay focused. And all these things can happen, but, you know, you got to take care of all these little first steps. You know, you can't just jump from here to here. And, uh, you know, it's always been about the long-term plan. And I've tried to do that with, you know, with everything, with my family, with business, with myself, just my mental health, just everything, just having a long-term plan with everything and, and not thinking just about tomorrow. Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think you brought up a really good point earlier around process and systems. I've referred in this podcast a couple times to a book by Bill Walsh. It was a score to take care of itself. And so when he was coaching the Niners, he just focused in on um, worrying about what were the systems I'm putting in place, what's the culture I'm building, what's all the steps that'll lead to results, but he didn't care what the scoreboard said. And so what I hear you and, you know, I have a, a partner of mine in my business, Ward Perez, who we're both friends with. He's the same way in our business. I'm, I'm not awesome at focusing on systems. I'm, I'm pretty look on the vision and the strategy. He's very good at laying out and process mapping that. And when I, when I look at your career, so your, your 10 years you're there, you know, there's times where you've been early on where you're starting and then they bring in a guy two, three years younger that looks like it's going to be the starter. And then next thing you know, you're taking over him and starting again. And that happened twice from when I was reading back for you uh, on your career. What is it? Is it the process or systems that you were just so able to be consistent and to kind of beat out what would be? Maybe some of the younger guys, and, and you kind of came in right when the quants were against the scouts, and it was right when Moneyball was coming in, and, and it was all the numbers. And so these people that had these stats that looked better than you, yet you were still able to perform more consistent on that part. Where do you think that consistency comes from? Is it the processor systems? Is it your training regimen? Is it, is it just a matter of just kind of your mental focus? If you kind of look back and say, compared to some others that looked on paper that they were going to be awesome... But the consistency you had allowed you to succeed. Where does it come from? Yeah, you know, it goes back to Columbus, not making the team as a freshman and kind of seeing guys, you know, at that point, you're 14 years old. You know, your body's going to grow. You're going to get faster. You're going to get bigger. But guys being content on being, oh, I made JV or I made varsity right now. It's like, yeah, this is cool right now, but we're continuing to grow. There's people all over the world continuing to grow. And and where do you want to get from there? And I think that's been just a story of my life. And I, and I love it. I wouldn't change it any other way because it really makes me appreciate things. And it really makes uh, when I go to sleep at night, I know like, man, I look in the mirror and know like I've worked as hard as I could every single day to get to the point I'm at. And that's kind of what guided me during those moments, you know, when they would bring in another player. You know, I'm all about winning. I want to I want to win. Uh, yeah. You know, we grew up in an era where like winning was everything. And and that's what I, I want to be considered a winner. I want to be considered a good businessman, a good person. Yeah. And um, it's not about, you know, myself just saying, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the all-star on the team. Like, I'd rather be the guy behind the scenes and win a championship. And, yeah. you know, luckily I was able to do that. And that was always been my focus. So, you know, I was able to win a championship my second year. I mean, you get taste of success, you know, win a World Series. And you want to keep doing that. And you, you see what comes with that. You see the respect you get from players and just 
people. Yeah, it, it might not be a monetary thing, but it's something that I appreciate when, when people respect you knowing that, hey, you worked hard and that's the reason you're a champion. So, you know, I was always focused on the team and understanding what I brought to the table. Um, you know, I know things that I, you know, my skill set isn't really measured by a lot of maybe analytics or maybe different things, but I knew what I brought to the table and, and I believed in it. And I think that's something that um, most successful people, they really believe in, 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 in what they're, they're doing. And as as far off as it might sound or as, you know, people might not understand what they're saying, but when you truly believe in yourself, you're going to go forward. And that's what I just always did, continue to believe in myself. And like anything, I've always tried to be a good person, you know, that translates to being a good teammate, being a good coworker. And if I can be the best person I can every single day, and then I know I've done what I need to do, and, you know, I'll get an opportunity. And instead of wasting time complaining about the opportunities, yeah. I'll just be ready for it. And during the season, there'd be times where I wouldn't play for weeks, and I'm, you know, hitting every day after, or, you know, working out early and making sure I stay in shape so that one time I do get to play, I can't afford to say, like, oh, my hamstring's sore today. And, I, you know, this that's the reason I get a hit. It's like, yeah. no, you got to get a hit so you can play tomorrow. So I've kind of uh, always loved that pressure. And Tony La Russa always talked about pressure and, and using pressure as your friend. Yeah. And, you know, when you slow everything down, it can bring, you know, pressure can bring things out of you that you had no idea you were capable of. And that's something that I really learned from him early on in my career. And it's something I've been able to continue with. So th- Expand a little bit on that. How, how, did, how did you keep pressure where it doesn't stifle you, where some people under pressure, it doesn't motivate them, but it hinders them, then opposed to making it a motivation. Can you talk a little bit about your mindset of how you use pressure to be something that pushes you forward, then opposed to stopping you to go forward? And I think, yeah, so, so pressure it has a lot to do with preparation. I think preparation breeds confidence. And, you know, so I know if, you know, if I'm facing a left-handed pitcher and, you know, he's got a really good curveball or whatnot, well, I'm going to do everything I can that day to prepare for that left-handed pitcher yeah. so that when I get in that moment and, and you know, the bright lights are on and there's 40,000 people and you, you need to come up with a game-winning hit, you know, what calms me down and allows the, me to use the pressure, you know, as my, as my advantage is just understanding, like, on deck, I'm taking a deep breath and I'm saying, you know what, I've done everything I need to do today. I've hit sliders, i hit fastball, I'm, I'm prepared for this guy, I've watched film. I've done everything that I can control. Yeah. So now I'm just going to go out there and have fun. And if, if I fail, I'm going to come back and, and, and try it again. And that's something that I've, you know, applied to business, family, just life, just everything. And, you know, it's just a common thing. Like, hey, you know, give it your all. It didn't work out. Right, let's go back to the drawing board. And what can I do different next time? Yeah. No, and I, and I think for some reason, people underestimate the idea of preparation. Like, people have always commented about, how I'm a good public speaker, but honestly, I just prepare the hell out of more than anybody else. And I've practiced it so many times that then it comes across good. I'm just as nervous, just as uncomfortable. I'll say just as many ums and, and ramble like everybody else. It was just a preparation piece. And I remember I was watching, watching a TV show. It was, I think it's called Gangsterland, where they show like gangs or gangland, gangland from like different cities. But it was that one gang from Chicago. And I never thought I'd quote a motivational thing from a, a gang in Chicago. But it talked about the five P's was like their quote for this gang. And it was, Proper preparation prevents poor performance. And that just always stuck in my head that I had to make sure I was more prepared. And for some reason, business, people don't always prepare for meetings. They don't always prepare for going in and talking to somebody. They just feel like because you're just doing everything all day. And when you're playing as many games as you're playing, you can easily get lost and not preparing as much because you're like, that's ah, 162 games. What's another game? Or it's a pitcher. I've already batted a bunch of left-handed pitchers with curveballs. I don't need to prepare any more than I normally do. And I think people minimize the confidence level that gives you going in. So you're mentally better for it. You talked about winning championships. I want to, I want to get into that a little bit. So you were with a, a St. Louis when they won in 2011. And when the picture of the White House, you threw up the U. So clearly you're proud of the University of Miami um, there. But 
Talk a little bit about that actual experience. Like at that point, were you sitting here going, like, I can't believe, you know, I was grew up in Miami and I'm doing this and now I'm sitting here. Did it hit you? Did it hit you when you went home that night? Did it hit you when right when you won the won the series? Just talk about emotionally what that was like for you to be part of that team at that time. Yeah, well, I think uh, it's it still hits me to this day. Yeah. I, mean, I think about it every single day and how much my life has changed because of it. And just um, I think about it literally every single day. And it still hasn't sunk in and, and hit. But, you know, yeah, for myself, I think the cooler thing with it is just the story behind it where we were 11 and a half games out of it in September. You know, everyone thought we were out. You know, we obviously had a great talented team. Just things weren't, you know, we weren't playing the way we, we should have and, and stuff. And I'll never forget, we lost a series to the Mets. And Chris Carpenter, one of our leaders, another guy that you know was able to establish 10 years and was always just such a great leader for me on um, just so many different aspects. But he called a team meeting and said, hey, listen, let's look around this room. And when you look at that room now, there's various Hall of Famers, which yeah. is it's pretty cool. Awesome. And, you know, he said, look, we, we've worked too hard since in training, since the offseason to just mail it in the last month of the season. You know, we have so much talent on the team. Let's just go out there. And like we've been talking about focus day to day. Let's just be the best group that we can be day to day. And let's see what happens. And next thing you know, it's like the last day of the season and we're getting into the playoffs as a, as a wild card team. Yeah. And, you know, then we knock off a, a unbelievable Phillies team. We play the Brewers and then we're in the World Series. I'm a Phillies fan, so I'm pretty bummed about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that was, that was a great experience for me. It's my first playoff series and, and I'm playing in Philadelphia, which yeah. everyone knows that the sports fans are, it's, it's, it's awesome. where I grew up. Yeah. So it's like, you don't like uh, being a away team there. <laughs> and, you know, the team's coming off of, I think it was a hundred yeah. wins that year. I don't know what it was. And, you know, here we come and it's, it's a huge battle and, and fans. And I remember I started off, uh, the first day I didn't get a hit. I remember I, they, I um, you know, we're facing Roy Holiday, you know, rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this guy, Doc, he's a Hall of Famer and I'm facing him in the playoffs. And like, he's just, I mean, I, I didn't have a chance against him. And, yeah. You know, to come back the next day, you know, I remember sitting back at home and after the game, you know, you stay up all night because you have so much adrenaline and all this and like sitting back and be like, all right, this is the same game we've been playing. Let's just slow it down. And then thinking about past experiences, you know, I was able to win in high school. So thinking about like, all right, as an 18 year old at the highest pressure moment at that time as a senior, I was able to help a team win a state championship. All right, now I'm prepared for this. Let me just do the same things I did then. Same thing with UM where we were able to go to Omaha and, and I was able to pay a part in that. I was like, so I brought my belt, myself back to those experiences and it allowed me to calm down. It's the same way as like, hey, these moments prepared me for this moment that I'm having now. And, you know, I was able to do well, but. They have a team, like a team psychiatrist or somebody that comes in and talks to you or somebody that's in the at least positive uh, reinforcement for you. Or they talk about how you should just kind of imagine your head. Is it what is there any psychological pieces? And I know other teams do and they have people tied to it. But during that time period where you guys, you got some momentum, right? You all of a sudden wild card, you're starting to feel in the games, you're starting to get a little bit like, okay, wait, wait, we're actually doing all right. Is there somebody that's helping do it? Or is it mostly you reflecting back on your own? No, there's a little bit of everything. And that's yeah. why, you know, I had some great teammates as well. You know? yeah. and, and that's where, you know, we had a great group of leaders that would really lead us. And I was a youngster with all these guys that really showed me how, how to do things the right way. You know, uh, Hall of Famer and Yadier Molina and yeah. Robert Pujols and, you know, uh, Skip. I mean, the list goes on and on. So we we did a great job. And I think that's a big difference maker in whether it's, you know, the business world or sports is, you know, the cohesiveness of, of teams and, and, and groups. And we had a really tight group where if... You know, if an older player saw me down a little bit because a play happened, they'd come up and pick you right back up, you know. Awesome. You know, Rafael Furcal would come up to me all the time. Like, hey, man, like, you know, on the next one, you're going to do this and do that. And, like, so I started learning on, on on how to really, you know, help other guys. And 
And that's something I think you see on championship teams. You see, you just see the joy and you see, you're like, man, that team looks like they really get along. Like, yeah. when you watch the Lakers win the championship, you know, with the, with, with the Heat and, and even the Heat was a great team, but you see the Lakers too and you're like, you know, both teams, you're like, you're watching them like, man, these guys are having so much. It looks like, it looks like fun. they're locked hanging out with their so friends. much fun. Like, yeah. you want to know what's going on in the locker room. Like, man, or what are they doing at dinner on a, in a yeah. normal season and stuff like that. So I think that's something that, that, that's huge and it's pivotal and it's something that can't be measured. You know, there's not an analytic for that. There's not a, yeah. you know, we can go to the best schools in the, in the world and, you know, have a business degree from here or there and, you know, take an entrepreneurship class from, from whatever school it is. But yeah. if you don't have those people skills, if you can't get along with others and, you know, yeah. it, that really doesn't matter. And that, that's something that I've really seen, you know, from my experiences in, you know, meeting people from all walks of life. Yeah. How would you describe the culture of that team? It was great. It was, uh, you know, everybody worked. Everyone, like, if you, if you looked at that team, the 25 man roster, yeah. you could do a checklist. Like, oh, did this guy get here early? Yes, he did. Did he go to the weight room? Yes, he did. Did he go watch film? Yes, he did. And we had a, a great culture where no one had to say anything about it. It yeah. was almost like you didn't want to disappoint your brother next to you with, you know, not being prepared and messing up a play and yeah. then saying, like, hey, you know, Jay, you missed a fly ball today, but, you know, where were you in BP today in branding practice? Yeah. You weren't shagging out there like you always do. What happened today? And that's, yeah. That's kind of what we talked about earlier with that battle of just trying to win the day, you know, do what I have to do today to get better and to be prepared so I don't get nervous in the game and I don't feel pressure and, and I can just know like, hey man, I messed up in the game, but hey, I was there early today and I, and I worked out and that's how, you know, you kind of earn the respect of your teammates. So did that experience help you become a leader in future teams? Because I was reading an article and I talked about you, the eighth or ninth season you had and part of what was attractive to, and I can't remember if it was, it was Arizona or whoever what the team I was hiring you at that point or I'm bringing you on. But part of what they talked about was attractive was you being a leader in the locker room and you helping some of the younger guys and mentor through it. I guess what parts of that experience helped you allowed to be become a leader later down the road? Was there some learnings you had that during that that are worth sharing to talk about how you became a leader later? Yeah, well, just everything. Just seeing, um, you know, it was really cool. And at that time, we'd have a big uh, team meeting before the playoffs started. And it was just players and, you know, and, and coaches and you know, guys would just talk about what helped them, you know, they're just singing, uh, you know, I'll never forget Mark McGuire would just talk about breathing, like, hey, breathe. And then you're thinking about like, yeah, of course I'm going to breathe. But no, no, yeah. like truly breathe and like truly be there and get in the moment and breathe and control your breath. And when you go out there, you'll be able to do, you know, everything you need to do. And, you know, just guys were just sharing different advice and stuff like that. But for me, just watching, you know, if you watch a, a, a dugout, if you watch, um, you know, the football sidelines and you'll see, you'll see when somebody messes up, you'll see that one guy that comes over and it's like, hey, man. You know, get the next one and, and do, and you know, you're, you're going to make a big play. And then when it does happen, it's like, wow, that was awesome. Like, I really needed that. So I got to see a lot of examples of that. And, um, you know, Tony Russo was great with that as well, our coaching staff. So, um, you know, those are little things that, like I said, it helped me to the point where I'm at now. And, and then also, you know, I always said, like, um, you know, I want to help people. I'm, I, I really want people, I want to make, you know, the world a better place. And, and in my profession, in my sport, it's just by helping these guys, like, be better. Like, we might be competing. We might be in the, on, on the same you know, position, but I'm going to help you as much as I can. Why? Because I want to win a championship. So to get back to that, I saw that firsthand where we used our entire 25-man roster to win a championship from a guy that threw one inning to a guy that got one hit the whole playoff series to a guy that made a play defensively. And I saw just how important the whole team is from top to bottom of an organization and, and a roster and, and how important that is. So, you know, that's something that I've always tried to do is just try to make sure that everyone is on the same page and Sometimes it's easier than, than other times. And then the times you kind of see, uh, you see when it's easier than other times. You see the, the results where guys really click and, and they're able to maximize their potential for sure. So what made that cohesive nature of the team as you're talking about where everybody up and down the roster 
really felt like they were an important role and really wanted to help each other out. Because as I look at, I mean, baseball or any pro sports, but this isn't any business, egos get so much in the way. And as I look at a lot of times with, with teams, especially in baseball teams, sometimes it's, it's not better to have a bunch of stars that are competing for certain. It's better to have some consistent role players that are going to lead to more success. And I don't know if there's any numerics or quants behind that or not. But can you just talk a little bit about what led to that? Was it the coaching staff that drove it? Was it a matter of just some of the the player leaders, captains inside the, the locker room that made the difference? Do you think it was the scouting and it was done and kind of putting it together a team that that they knew that would go together? Was it just kind of all the right things happen at the right time? If you kind of had to talk about that cohesive nature that you're describing, what's some of the lessons that we might be able to learn from that? Yeah, the first thing is, you know, everyone needs to be on the same page. I mean, that's the thing I've seen on, on organizations that are successful. Everyone's on the same page where, you know, you can take constructive criticism. There isn't that ego of like, well, you're telling me this and, oh, I'm going to do it this way. And, and, and that's where things kind of get separated. So I think that that's, that's the biggest thing is where you have that cohesiveness and, and everyone is in things for the right reason. You know, everyone, you know, everyone has different goals of things. You know, you might be worried about, you know, mortgages or, you know, kids' schools or just different things, but, we all don't understand that, but as long as it's all about the team, like, hey, my deepest, my biggest thing is for the team to succeed, and that, and that's what it's going to take. And and to win championships in sports organizations, like any other business, it starts from the scouts that are in the Dominican Republic and Venezuela to the guys that are you know behind the scenes, you know, doing analytics things. So you know, and it takes that perfect combination to really get everything going. Then it takes the roster, and then it takes the players on there. So there's so much that goes behind, and that I think that's the, the thing when you look back at the championship season is like is really looking back and like, man, wow, our scouts did a great job of acquiring these guys at the break. And wow, what a pickup it was on this trade. And, you know, just different things that happen throughout the year that really make, that give you the flexibility to, to win a championship. And you look back and it's like, wow, it takes the whole, the whole entire organization. Like I said, with the whole entire roster, you know, from coaches, from, from everything. And then, you know, that's where you really see, see it pay off. Yeah. And I think there's the, the appreciation that you have for all those different roles is the part that kind of stands out to me as you're talking. Because you appreciate all the different aspects of what led to a winning team, which is part of the reason everybody gets a ring, right? No matter if you're front office or back office, you know, I, I think um, uh, the pro teams realize that it's that, that aspect to it. So I'm glad you're able to describe it. Let me ask a, a couple lighter questions that I want to talk a little bit about the future. So as soon as you hit the big leagues, you got, you know, a decent check, started making some money. What was the first thing you purchased? I hear you're a sneakerhead, so uh, it, it might have been that or that. But tell me, what was it? Was the first purchase? Uh, it sneakers. Did. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I honestly, uh, I was always into sneakers a little bit. Actually, we have uh, a friend in common, Scott Drucker, actually. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. So I, I guess like my first big purchase would be a condo in 2011. Okay. When I, you know, I saved money up, and that was my goal. It was like I want to get a condo on the beach. I want to get a condo on the beach, and you know, I was able to do that. So that was kind of like my, my, my big one where, uh, nice. where my first, you know, purchase. I, I, I tried to live the same. I was, uh, I drove the same car from college f- until three years in the big leagues. I yeah. had the same as that car. Nice. And, um, you know, so I wasn't worried about a car and all that. So my thing was saving money so I can get a, a condo for sure. Nice. So then talk about, you know, I think it's, um, it's a misconceived notion that, uh, athletes don't do and make good decisions with their money because there's a lot that do and a lot have been successful. The bankrupt ones are a lot smaller group than the ones that are not. Talk about a, a bad investment or a good investment you might have made in these 10 years. In oh, your that's thing. simple. I made an investment in a water company probably like eight years ago. But, um, you know, it was a small investment. Uh, things didn't come to fruition. And I just got to learn a lot about, you know, things we talked about, communication, just 
getting on the same page and, uh, you know, you can have a great product, you can have a great, you know, everything, but, you know, you need a great team to execute everything you need, you know, just all these little things that need to go on. And, you know, the way I've always looked at it is like, I, I learned, you know, I learned a lot on stuff that's helped me now in the future. So that was definitely one that, uh, you know, I, I got excited right away. I'm like, oh, this is going to work because of this and this and this. And, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. And, you know, I was young then. I was in, um, I was still in uh, making league minimum and I was in an arbitration year where I can, you know, get a bigger chunk of, of, of a salary. And it was something where like, all right, this is going to be my one investment for the year. I'm going to roll with it. And, um, you know, but I got, I got a lot of uh, life lessons from that and I learned a lot from that. I, I remember the first time um, somebody approached me about investment and how sexy it sounded. And I, now, you know, investing in a number of different businesses and, and being in financial services, you start to realize part of our job is to make every investment sound sexy. So it's, it's a, it's a, it, it takes a while to realize and really start to dissect is, is it a good team behind it? Which I think is a, is a, one of the largest pieces I look at in companies I'm involved with is, is their leadership team. Cause it could be a great business. It could be a great concept. They could be well capitalized. But if they don't have a good leadership team in place, it's probably not going to work out. So uh, it's good you learn that lesson early. Yeah, invest in people. You must invest in the people. That's right. So talk about the the where you're thinking about the next phase. You had 10 years in pro. I'm sure at some point you're thinking that there there might be a, another step to your career on it. Where do you kind of see yourself uh, in the next 10 years? Yeah, so... Um yeah, that's a, that's a good one because it's all over the place. But no, the first thing is, you know, I want to play baseball as long as I can. Yeah. And then um, as soon as I'm done, I want to go back to school. I got a year left uh, to pursue my business management degree with a minor in marketing. Nice. So in baseball, the way it works is, you know, you get drafted as a junior. So you have to leave a year early. So it's one of my biggest pet peeves is when, you know, people ask me like, well, you got to finish school. It's like, listen, when I when I signed, I had a year left. Like I was on time to graduate. Everything was fine. But our season, you know, I've had to do what I had to do for my career. But I'm yeah. going to finish one day. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And then after that, just, um, you know, continuing to just help. Um, I, I could see myself having, you know, career as a coach and, you know, hope with aspirations of managing or, you know, joining a front office or you know, I've been heavily involved with the players union for my whole career. So I've attended, you know, executive board meetings. I've been involved just with everything that goes on behind that. So I've been really, I was able to get good experience on really how businesses work and, uh, you know, corporations and stuff like that through uh, understanding how baseball works. Yeah. And uh, so that's another thing, um, you know, maybe take the agent route, maybe. So, you know, there's just different things. Um, I definitely I'm into real estate and you know, yeah. I have a small portfolio of some some rentals um, stuff that I've done. So I'm definitely interested in that as well. And then another big thing for me, which I'm actually doing right now, you know, as we speak, is um, I'm establishing my foundation. You know, hopefully um, I'll be able to announce that, you know, um, in 2021. But um, I was I had a bowling event for about eight years yeah. in Miami. And then, um, you know, got time with kids and just different things going on where we kind of slowed down with that. Still trying to do uh, charity things. I'm, I'm hosting a, a toy drive in St. Louis and in Miami for this year, for 2020. But next year, I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to establishing the foundation and be able to impact the, the Miami community, uh, the St. Louis community, which has been big for me. And you know, I still have a home there as well. So uh, I'm really looking forward to doing that. And then um, just kind of seeing uh, where everything takes me with, um, you know, I've been lucky to meet a lot of people throughout the years in, in so many different industries from um, marketing companies and different things. But I, I re I'm really into marketing. Marketing is, a, is, is what I really like. and. So I, I can see myself just doing a whole bunch of different things and just uh, so well, talk about what attributes that you think you learn through baseball, even if it was back to when you were a kid to through the professional leagues that you think will translate well to your next phase of life. I think the biggest thing is the teamwork aspect and uh, yeah. and just having discipline, um, you know, um, you know, my workouts every day, I have a family, I, I get up early, I get my workouts done, I hang out with the family and then, uh, you know, if the kids are in school. You know, try to find, uh, spend time with my wife. If, if she's, you know, doing some errands or, or whatnot, then I can take some time for myself. So I think that's a skill set that um, a, a lot of people, um, you know, go wrong with is, is managing their time, you know. Yeah. So that's that's one. And then also just different experiences. Um, 
you know, being able to go to different cities and figure out ways on how to, you know, get the team together by having dinners and just uh, in business, having coworkers and, you know, spending time to really get to know them and, and see what gets them to click and just different things behind the psychology of, of, of why uh, things work out in, in businesses and, and teams. So that's something I feel like I've had, a you know, there's no degree on that, but yeah. I think I've had a, you know, great experience with that my uh, baseball career and you've done a really good job kind of balancing life with family with being on the road a lot do you have a favorite away city by the uh, by the way oh uh, man i like a lot of the major cities out there i like los angeles it's a very political Chicago, answer <laughs> and, uh, but no I, honestly it, it's great it's funny because sometimes we'll travel to cities where you know i might tell a buddy like oh i'm going to this city and they're like oh what are you gonna do in that city it's like but it's been cool over the years. I've been, I, I've like literally every city I go to, I have a breakfast spot, a lunch spot, you know, a spot I can go to for dinner. Or, That's awesome. You know, if I'm not playing and I want to get away and see a sneaker store, like, yeah. so I try to really, you know, take advantage of the traveling and, you know, we get to stay in great hotels and, and we're so spoiled with a lot of things we do. So I just try to take advantage of that. So talk a little bit about the balance side, because you've also done a good job giving back. You talked about your, your bowling piece, but you, you grew up kind of a, going to the boys and girls club early on. And it seems like, giving back and you're talking about the foundation that you might be starting next year uh, is a piece of it, but you're also a very involved dad and you're figuring out how to balance of staying in shape. We were talking before the show that you're getting up at four 30, getting, you know, four hours of workouts before the kids are even kind of cranking. So you can be able to spend time with the kids and the family afterwards while you're trying to balance all the different pieces you're doing. Talk how you, how you, how you keep that balance of still giving back, but also business, profession, sports, keep an athlete and family. And you talked about uh, kind of your schedule. How do you keep that balance with everything? It's just a busy day, a busy day. But uh, <laughs> no, I think uh, the biggest thing though is prioritizing for me is family. You know, yeah. uh, you know, my wife sacrifices so much for me during the season and just does an incredible job with my kids. And, you know, so in the off season, it's like, you know, it's time for, you know, dad's home. And, you know, so I try to help as much as I can with, with what I can and all that, you know, emptying the dishwasher, doing laundry, whatever, whatever the case may be where I can yep. kind of give some free time. But that's my biggest priority. And then there's times where like, I guess my biggest struggle I would say is just sometimes I have to postpone things with, with people and be like, Hey man, I can't, I got to see the kids. I got to do that. So sometimes I want to get business stuff done, you know, earlier than I would like, but you know, it is what it is. And, and, but my main priority is my family, you know, making sure my, my family's all right, spending time with them. Then also my profession, you know, I know my core, you know, my core business is, is, is baseball. So, yeah. you know, all these other things are great on the side, but you know, if I'm not playing baseball, then it's, uh, that's what, uh, you know, gets me to that point. And, you know, early in my career when I wasn't making, you know, um, I wasn't in arbitration and I wasn't a free agent and all that, I would always kind of think of like, all right, you know, I just made the minimum for a whole year. That's great. But like, what if I was hurt next year and I, and I was done? Like, what business is going to start? And, you know, I'd, I'd go behind the scenes, be working on all these things. And then I kind of started figuring out, all right, I have all these great ideas, but the common denominator is like, I need a, I need a horse. I need, I need someone to go out there and, and, and lead all these things. And, you know, now I'm getting to that point where through my experiences, like I said, through the water company, through having ideas when I was younger, I have a vision on, on how I want to do things. And, you know, now I'm just really working on uh, connecting dots of, you know, people that have really helped me get to the point I am, brands, companies, friends. Yeah. It's like, all right, how can we get together and help both of us grow? And, and myself is putting myself out there in that business world, you know, just really putting myself out there now where I, I have been involved in things, but it was kind of low key and under the radar. But now I'm really wanting to, you know, step forward and put myself in that position. Nice. Well, congratulations on the 10 years in the league. This has been a fun conversation. Uh, I think from a, a business perspective, I learned a bunch about how important the team, the culture can actually uh, lead to driving results. And I enjoyed that part of the conversation, but it was fun talking. All right. Thank you. I appreciate you listening to the Youpreneur podcast. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, 
and also share the podcast for people you think might find it interesting. Along with that, if you're an entrepreneur or thinking about becoming a business owner, a great resource to take a look at is our partners at SCORE, where you see retired executives being able to help mentor new budding entrepreneurs. You can find them at SCORE.org, or in particular, we're in a partnership with Broward SCORE if you're in South Florida. Along with that, check us out on our Instagram. It's Upreneur. That's Upreneur with a U, not Y-O-U. That U stands for the University of Entrepreneurs, here to be able to give you and learn from the best and the brightest of entrepreneurs here in Florida. I appreciate you listening. Have a great day.